What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, happy Tuesday to everyone here. We've got an exciting uh, slate of games up this weekend. And an exciting game, could be an exciting game, tomorrow on Wednesday as well. However, I'm going to start, and this is going to be something I do uh, throughout the season. Um, you know, Obviously, I can't watch every single college lacrosse game, especially as we get more games on Saturday. So there will be some games that maybe I, I can't talk as in-depth about on the Sunday recap show as I would like. Um, so what I am going to do is uh, basically a couple points that maybe I didn't hit on enough or um, you know didn't hit on at all on the Saturday recap show. I will hit on on Monday, excuse me on on, on Tuesday um, on Tuesday's show, and then we'll get into previewing kind of midweek and uh, you know, through the we some weekend games as well. So. Saturday, going back to Saturday, a couple points here that I want to hit on. So I'd mentioned I didn't get to watch um, Johns Hopkins, Jacksonville in its entirety. Went back and watched that game. I I had watched like majority of the third quarter and I'd watched like late second uh, quarter as well. So really not even a full half of lacrosse that I got to watch of that game. Um, went back and watched that one. And I'd, I think I had mentioned this. The Johns Hopkins defense did a good job in the second half. Um, Owen McManus did a fantastic job. Um, he was matched up with Max Waldbaum of Jacksonville for a majority of the game. Waldbaum obviously had four goals, one assist. In that contest, led the led uh, the Dolphins there, um, but he only had one goal in the second half of play at a post half hat trick. One goal in the second half of play. McManus uh, does a fantastic job, uh, especially on him in the second half. And this Johns Hopkins defense as a whole, I thought played very well. Uh, Josh Kusen didn't really have to do much in cage at all in the final two periods of play here uh, because that unit in front of him played so well. Now, it is Jacksonville. Um, it is game one of the season, so you don't want to overreact to game ones ever. But, hey, Jack uh, Johns Hopkins, their defense looked pretty good. And, look, Jacksonville, they're a team that should be a threat. They're in the SoCon. Um, it's 11-8 victory for uh, the Blue Jays, and they held the Dolphins to uh, three goals there in the second half. And it, it was a 5-3 game in, in the second half alone, uh, as it was, you know, 6-5 to five at the end of the, uh, at the half. And then you end 11-8. to eight. It's a 5-3 to three game if you're just counting the second half. So a solid performance there for the Dolphins, uh, for the Blue Jays, against the Dolphins on Saturday, especially defensively. So that's one point I didn't hit on a ton. And 
didn't want to really because I hadn't watched that game in its entirety. But going back and watching that, was very impressed with the Johns Hopkins defense. And uh, we'll see how they do. They got two big tests this weekend. Towson, uh, those games are always pretty tough between those two. And then you've got uh, Georgetown coming up on Sunday. So uh, those are two big tests for uh, Peter Millman and the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. We'll see how they do uh, defensively and how they do overall um, in those games. Um, Penn State, this was a game that was not streamed. Unfortunately, I was not able to watch this one, uh, but I've dug into the box score here and reading the the recap that Penn State put up. Uh, so it's a 20-15 to 15 win for the Nittany Lions over Lafayette. And look, this is a Lafayette team that they now have lost 28 straight, but they we saw them get better late last season, and they played a heck of a game from what it what it looks like against Penn State. They're a tough team, um, or a goody team, I should say. They they didn't give up. Peter Lehman um, is a good player for them. Um, they're a younger team, so you know we'll see if they can finally you know get that camel off their back, uh, get a win here uh, against VMI on Saturday. That's a team they lost in overtime to a year ago. So we'll see if they can get that. But on the Penn State side, um, you know, we knew Penn State was going to be a younger team this year. Uh, we knew that. We knew there was going to be uh, a, a significant amount of young players, especially freshmen, playing in for the Nittany Lions, as they did lose quite a bit from a year ago, and have certainly lost a lot since we last saw them kind of at their peak, uh, which was there in 2019, championship weekend caliber, and all of that. Uh, The Nittany Lions really have embraced the youth movement, if you will, you had Kyle Aldridge led the game uh, in points there, well, along with Jack Kelly and Jack Trainer. Kyle Aldridge, two goals, three assists, led the team with assist there. At the midfield, uh, had a fantastic debut for the Nittany Lions. Um, you had Nils Bailey, an attackman, three goals, one assist. You also had, had Will Peden, a freshman attackman, one goal, and two assists, Jeb uh, Brinfleck, a mid, uh, excuse me, another freshman attackman with one assist, and Ethan Long, a freshman midfielder with one assist there as well. So if you're counting, that is that is six goals from freshmen and 14 points altogether from freshmen. So six of your 20 goals um, on the day came from freshmen. Um, you know, that's 30% of your offense coming from freshmen. Uh, in your opener, uh, you know, it. I hope, hopefully we get a stream of Penn State Villanova this weekend um, on Saturday. Um, I know there was some inclement weather, so they had to move it inside. Uh, so that's why there was no stream. Hopefully uh, the Nittany Lions are playing in Panzer this weekend, and we get to see that game. Uh, streamed on Big Ten Plus. Um, 
I guess you'll get to see it if you have Big Ten Plus. I went ahead and bought the uh, month monthly subscription um, for especially some of these early games that are all on Big Ten Plus in the Big Ten uh, before we get some of the bigger non-conference games that will be on ESPN and things of that nature. But um, it'll be interesting to see this Penn State offense and how they evolve over the season. But it does look like we're going to see a solid amount of freshmen uh, contributing, especially on the offensive end, you know, as expected here in 2022. Moving on to uh, some game previews. Um, obviously, we have one midweek game this week, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a fairly interesting one. You have Rutgers and Marist. Um, you know, Rutgers coming off a what was it, fifteen to six win over LIU on Saturday. Mitch Bartolo, five goals, one assist to lead that Rutgers offense there um, in the win in the season opening win. It's his debut with the Scarlet Knights. The Penn grad transfer, you know, played phenomenal in that one. You also had Ronan Jacoby, Ross Scott running at attack with him. Um, and, and this Rutgers offense, you know, looked pretty solid. Now, um, LIU outside of Will Mark, you know, their defense isn't really anything special um, up against a, a Rutgers team. Um, you know, and I'm interested to see from this perspective, what does this Scarlet Knights offense look like up against a Marist defense, which uh, their kind of headlining player is in cage as well with Logan Covey, a guy who had a strong season last year. Remember, Marist only had four games a year, or four or five games a year ago. I can't remember which one it was, but did not play a ton last year because of that pause. They're going to be hyped up uh, coming into this one for sure. They were telling a lot of guys, especially offensively, Jamison Embley, Vito Musso, Jojo Puleka, those guys are going to be hyped up here coming into 2022. Um, looking at the, the, that missed offense and those guys I just mentioned, you know, Bobby Russo did a good job on Richie McCalandra, held him scoreless in the Rutgers uh, LIU game on Saturday. Be interesting to see. You know, looks like he's going to be the top cover guy for Rutgers this year. Um, as I believe he was a year, uh, well, he was kind of the number two guy, but um, a year ago, but with Bobby Russo there, who they put him on, he, who they pay the most attention to with Marist, because this is an offense that is fairly deep, and th- th- they're fairly experienced. Well, these guys have played together for a lot, so um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Again, back to the Marist defense, remember, they played Army in 2020 and beat them on a Tuesday night. And, you know, I'm not saying that I, I, I think this Rutgers team is very more, very much more talented than Marist. However, this is a Marist team that always seems to be up for the challenge. Um, I mentioned the amount of guys they have back from a year ago. Um, you know, obviously, Rutgers, you look at that offense, you look at the defense, and look, I didn't even mention Colin Coast in cage, but he you know, didn't have to do have to do much on 
uh, Saturday. I have a feeling he, he'll probably have to do a bit more here on Tuesday than he did against LIU, but a solid option there in cage, and this could be a solid goalie battle. Logan Covey, Colin Coast could come down to that as well, but overall, this is probably going to be a, a pretty decent game um, at best. Um, you might see Rutgers run away with things late, uh, which is kind of what I expect, but hey, midweek games are always uh, you know up in the air. We see upsets every single year in midweek games, you know, and this is, as I said, a Maris team that is, you know, deep in terms of their experience and is fired up after all they went through, all they have gone through over the past few seasons, uh, including, you know, getting your 2020 season taken from you and then last year barely getting to play at all. So they're going to be fired up uh, coming into a game with the opportunity to take down a very talented Rutgers team. The two games that I'm going to preview, well, actually it's four, but we're going to look at North, at Duke and UNC. Uh, Duke and UNC both have double headers this weekend. Obviously Duke coming into this weekend, um, 2-0. They beat Robert Morris and they beat Vermont over the weekend. Uh, Duke this weekend will play Manhattan and Jacksonville. You know, Duke, led by Brennan O'Neill, had nine goals in both of those outings. Akai Montgomery, Joe Robertson, uh, Sean Lowry, the likes there. You know, just a, a whole offensive unit that has worked very well together thus far. Uh, Andrew McAdory, freshman. Th- this entire offense has worked very well thus far um, against the two opponents they've had. Um Mike Adler and Cage obviously being the highlight of that defense. Kenny Brower, I thought, has played very well also uh, getting the start there at close. Um, So this is a Duke team that already has two games under their belt. This season, they've kind of gotten the rust off, if you will. Um, And this weekend, they go up against Manhattan and Jacksonville. Uh, With Manhattan, this is a game. Manhattan's offense... And their face-off situation last year wasn't spectacular, uh, but it, it was enough to get by in the MAC-only schedule. Um, and obviously, they were the MAC co-regular season champions. Um, they go into the MAC tournament number one seed. They lose in the MAC title game to Monmouth. Um, Manhattan returns Brendan Krebs and Cage. That's the number one name you need to know heading into this game for the Jaspers. Uh, Duke. Versus Manhattan, very much could turn into a Mike Adler, Brendan Krebs, <laughs> a kind of goalie duel, if you will, there, um, with both goalies being pretty solid. Brendan Krebs was the co-MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, just overall, I think Duke is much more talented than Manhattan. I think in conference, Manhattan's going to have a pretty solid season. Um but when you look at them and how they stack up against Duke, you know, things – and look, you look at most mid-major teams, they don't stack up that well on paper um, with Duke. Um, so, you know, no shame in that. But, uh, it, it, you know, th- this one looks like it's going to be a pretty solid 
Duke victory here, but I am interested how Brendan Krebs and this Manhattan defense, uh, which does lose some pieces, Brendan Bank, Daniel Newton, uh, how they play against this Duke offense. This is a pretty good, you know, know, defense is very much the identity or has been the identity of this Manhattan program. It'll be interesting to see how they play against the Blue Devils. In terms of Jacksonville, we saw what this team did. They played close. They played scrappy against um, Johns Hopkins over the weekend. Two names to know in this one, and this is going to be the Sunday game. Um, And this game, I think, is more interesting than the Friday night game. Uh, Luke Milken had 17 saves there in cage for Jacksonville. Um, And he really kept that team in in the game against Hopkins late, uh, especially in the second half there uh, when they couldn't get anything going offensively. Milken helped keep them in the game. You know, from the opening whistle to the final buzzer, um, you know, it's 11 to 8 loss, but, you know, you felt like Jacksonville was in that game the whole time because of Milken's play in cage. Uh, so that is an area to look at as to what, as, you know, what he does against this Duke offense. Um, and then Max Waldbaum, a uh, guy I just mentioned a, a little bit ago talking about the Hopkins defense. Um, Look, he had four goals, one assist um, against Hopkins over the weekend. Um, I think he's probably, you know, when you look at Vermont and how athletic they were, you know, Jacksonville doesn't have that luxury in terms of the depth of athletes that Vermont has. But they got a couple, Max Waldbaum, Jeremy Winston, uh, numerous guys um, that can step up and and cause trouble for the opposition. And uh, Waldbaum is the number one name you need to know there. He's a, a big guy, um, a tough cover for, for anyone. So, um, and, and this is a Duke defense that, and look, Duke, I think they have a solid defense, but if you look at the, especially against these mid-major programs, but you look at the rest of the ACC, it, it's, not, it, it's not the best when you look at the rest of the ACC. Tyler Carpenter is a good poll. Kenny Browler has done fairly well. Um, but you look at it as a, as a whole, as a unit, Mike Adler is good, but, but, but the entire unit as a whole is not what, not up to par in many respects to what we've seen or what we should see from other ACC teams. Um, so uh, that is certainly something to consider because this is a Jacksonville offense that I think with a guy like Waldbaum can cause some problems. So that one of Duke's doubleheader is the one I would circle mostly as game of interest. Moving on to North Carolina. They will play Richmond on Friday and Colgate on Sunday. The Friday game. So let's go with, with UNC real quick. So Chris Gray is back. Um, he's uh, he's my favorite to win the Tarleton uh, coming into, into the season. I think he's probably the front runner right now. 
Um, if not, you know, he was a finalist a year ago, should be a finalist this year. Colin Krieg in Cage um, showed what he can do as a freshman and was very, very good a year ago in Cage for this defense. He's kind of the head head of this defense, if you will. You lose Will Bowen. It'll be interesting to see how they replace him at pole, but with Colin Krieg, I still have confidence in this Carolina defense. And then at the faceoff dot, you've got Andrew Tyler, Zach Tucci, and freshman Chase Mullins, who um, you know could see some action as well if needed. If needed, um, so really, and, and also you know Nikki Solomon, guys like that on offense around Gray. This is a solid North Carolina team. This is a Carolina team that is better on paper at least than Richmond and Colgate. The one one question with Carolina coming into the season is their midfield. Um, we've heard names like Dewey Egan being in there in the mix there at the midfield as a freshman. Um, so I fully expect this to be a young. We know this is going to be a young unit. They lost their entire starting midfield, which was made up entirely of fifth year guys last season. Richmond, Colgate, it's going to be interesting to see what Carolina goes with at midfield and how effective they can be. And look, on looking to this Richmond game, I think this is probably the better of the two teams um, overall, Richmond. But they do lose you know, Richie Connell on offense, and you do lose an entire defense um, there with the loss of you know Sean Mingez, with the loss of of Jason Reynolds. So how does this new look Richmond defense go up against a offense headed by Chris Gray? I think, you know, really against any defense, you got to give Chris Gray um, the upper hand there. So that will certainly be an interesting storyline to watch in this game here um, as the Carolina offense goes up against this defense with Richmond that is really um, a new look. And, and look, Richmond has been a defensive team for multiple years or has had some of the best defenses in the country. Um, you know, I think that should pos- that should you know stay the same. Um, but you lose Menges, you lose Jason Reynolds, you lose Jack Russ, Bolton Cage, uh, Mustang Sally's gone at the short stick D mid spot. You know, it's going to look different. Uh, Ryan Lanchberry, Dalton Young return at attack. Luke Frankeny returns uh, comes in at midfield from Mount St. Mary's. So I think this and that should be a good test for uh, to open the season for the Carolina defense and for Krieg. Uh, I think he'll get a lot. Of, they'll get a lot of shots off there, um, and, and that is a talented Richmond offense. So that game I think is the one to circle from this doubleheader for. Uh, Carolina this weekend with Colgate. Uh, this is a team that I'm a pretty, you know, I kind of have pegged as, you know, the a kind of um, under, not underdog, but but a Cinderella type team, possibly in the Patriot League. We saw what they did a year ago, um, go on a seven-one run to upset Boston U. In the Patriot League quarterfinals, 
felt only high 13 to 9, gave them a pretty solid game, gave Army a solid game. Um, so you know, this is a scrappy, this is a tough Colgate team. Um, Brian, Brian uh, Meniscus is back. Will Sadali on defense for Admac at LSM. Um, look, this is a this is a Colgate team that I think is going to be pretty decent in the Patriot League. Um, and you know, this this Carolina game is going to get them ready for Patriot League play. But you know, I, I think we're going to see exactly how things work with them. But here on Sunday, but I don't see them really putting up. Um, that much of a fight for a full 60 minutes against the Tar Heels. I could be wrong, but I just don't see that happening. I think uh, uh, Minicus, how they cover him, you know, this could be a big game for him, um, for him to kind of break out. He's been more of an under-the-radar kind of guy there in the Patriot League, but is really one of the better attackmen in that league. Um, So, you know, if he can do a good job against this Carolina defense. Um, that's going to be, you know, big for his stock um, there with, and, and, and big for, for the Raiders stock altogether uh, here in 2022. But we know Colgate, they've beaten Syracuse in the past. Um, and, and, and look, they play, um, you know, they make you play their, play their pace. They, they did that against Syracuse a few years ago. They still have a number of those guys, not a ton, but a couple of those guys on the team from that Syracuse that contributed heavily during that Syracuse upset. So we'll see what they do here on Sunday against the Tar Heels. All right, folks, that is it. Short episode today, uh, but just wanted to kind of quick hit on some things. Uh, We will dive deeper into the weekend that is coming up ahead on Thursday's episode. Obviously, we've got Gary Gate making his debut as the head coach of the Syracuse men's program. We've got Loyola uh, Maryland. We've got Penn State Villanova, as I mentioned. Georgetown Hopkins, uh, Virginia High Point, Vermont, Utah, which I'm kind of circling as my mid Major game of the week, Providence Bryant, a number of great games on the docket for this weekend. We'll get to those that I mentioned as well as plenty of others on Thursday's show. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week. I'll be back here on Thursday with y'all. In the meantime, check out lacrossebucket.com for all your latest lacrosse news and notes. On social media, you can connect with us at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and multiple other platforms. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week.